0: Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice.
1: This is Daniel Foytek, and this is the Wicked Library. Turn out the lights, and let's get wicked.
2: Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com.
1: That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot.
2: The Wicked Library is a
0: horror fiction podcast created for a mature audience. Our stories contain graphic descriptions of pain, murder, violence, blood, betrayal, and inhumanity. Monsters win, people die,
1: and hope is often shattered. There is also beauty, heart, catharsis, and raw emotion. Fear may be deeply personal, but we all share it. If at any time a story takes you to a place too
0: dark, turn on the lights, press pause, or press stop. And always remember that unlike in the real world,
1: these nightmares and your participation in them are under your control.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 11 of The Wicked Library. This is Episode 1113. My name is Jessica McHugh. I'm a novelist, a two-time Bram Stoker Award-nominated poet, and an internationally produced playwright exploring horror, sci-fi, fantasy, young adult, and pretty much any other genre that strikes my fancy. Most recently, you might know me from my work in blackout poetry, Specifically, my Frankenstein-inspired collection, *A Complex Accident of Life*, and my Secret Garden-inspired collection, *Strange Nests*, both from Apocrypha Publishing. But I've also had 25 books published since 2008, and I have two novels coming out this year from Ghoulish Books. So you can never really be sure what the McUniverse is cooking up. I've been a horror fan for as long as I can remember. I grew up on spooky campfire stories, Saturday horror matinees, and I began writing my own scary stories in fourth grade. For me, genres like horror and sci-fi are essential ways to not only communicate my deepest and sometimes ugliest thoughts and feelings, but also to know that I'm not alone in a world that can sometimes seem too terrible and unreal to cope with. As long as there are other people out there crafting gory and ghostly stories to express the complexities of humanity's pleasure and pain, sometimes simultaneously, I know I'm not a freak, or at least not the only one. Today's episode was written by Kelly Perkins, a longtime contributor to the Wicked Library. And if you're a longtime listener, we want to thank you for your support, especially those who subscribe to our Patreon page you are a rad-tacular human being and you help make this show possible and ensure that the artists working on this podcast are compensated for their time and talent if you're not yet supporting the show you can do that at patreon.com wicked library for as little as three dollars a month you can help make the show you love possible and get fun rewards a lot of hard work and money goes into making the wicked library And we really do rely on this support to help us pay the authors, voice actors, composer, and artists. You also get rewards, like ad-free episodes at higher bit rates, access to bonus stories, and at higher levels of support even more. Again, that is patreon.com slash wickedlibrary. Today's tale is Hint of Blue. What if ghosts are not only real, but a scientifically provable phenomenon? What if that phenomenon is not all it seems? What price would you pay to harness that kind of information? Emily is about to find out. Again, the story was written by Kelly Perkins and read by Jessica McAvoy, with a custom score composed by Nico Vitesse of We Talk of Dreams. More info about all those artists, and yours truly, can be found on the Wicked Library website.
0: Tint of Blue by Kelly Perkins People think you just prop up a few cameras and wander around with an EMF reader, hoping it will lead you like a dowsing rod to the cold spot. What they don't realize is that paranormal investigation isn't what they see on TV. Well, it is, but not exactly. Not to mention it's highly sanitized or over-dramatized. At any rate, what people underestimate is how dangerous ghost hunting can be. You understood that well, didn't you, Rachel? Too well, or maybe not quite well enough, considering it made you one. That's my speculation, anyway. You might even call it my hope. I have all your tools at my disposal. Your various accoutrements for detecting changes in the frequency of light, sound, or feels electromagnetic. Unfortunately, I don't have near your experience. Preferring to hang back in the van with all the monitoring equipment, but... Luckily, or not, I have Jack with me. Someone to call the authorities if the same thing happens to me. Or to take off and disavow any knowledge of this crackpot scheme of mine. Although he knows I'm not a crackpot. Not for the reasons some in your department dismissed you. Dismissed us, at least originally. Maybe I'm crazy for coming back here. But if there's one ghost I want to discover, it's yours. I remember with more than a little fondness when you started this little venture. How passionately you fought for the research grant for a department that, without you, wouldn't exist how you balked at having an assistant once you did create it, but you couldn't exactly say no. I like to think it was my fluttering gray eyes that persuaded you, but we both know one person alone would never have been able to produce research at the level you intended, let alone get your less-than-esteemed colleagues to climb on board. Either way, here we are. Or, rather, here I am in this most cliché of haunts, listening to old pipes groan in the bowels of a disused hospital, clutching an EMF reader and spirit box with the hope your voice will break through the static to which it's tuned. It's just as likely I'll run afoul of the thing that took you from us, and that no amount of white sage or selenite crucifixes will save me from the same fate. But I have to try. If only for the sake of the department... For my likely-as-doomed thesis, I have to at least finish what you started. Jack, as you probably well know, helped me haul in most of the equipment before promptly fucking off to the van. My luck, he's probably napping instead of monitoring activity. He did say something about securing the perimeter. Apparently, despite the fences and reputation, we're not the only ones with an interest in, or access to the facility. Judging by the graffiti and beer cans, I'm going to guess that skunky smell down some of the corridors is not animal in origin, but rather vegetable, if you get my drift. I suppose the state of this place shouldn't surprise me, abandoned so long ago. I suppose it should surprise me more that the board would find room in their budget for our research given the way their belts were cinched after that debacle. More so that they would risk an investigation of the facility after the incident that made you a casualty, and myself, no doubt, a liability. The former does explain the lack of security and upkeep on what I presume, under different circumstances, would be maintained as an asset to the university. That it has proved to be haunted may have had some impact on that anyway, I should be relatively safe. (laughs) Famous last words, right? But no, we have the radio, should either of us run into trouble. I just wish we had been able to convince Theo to join us. She could have kept us entertained, trading off sections of Bohemian Rhapsody's opera section via said radio, although present circumstances would probably leave us feeling less than musical. Pretty sure she and Liam have sworn off ghost hunting for good, For which I can hardly blame them, but I don't know. It feels like a bit of a betrayal to abandon us like this. To abandon you. I mean, I'm scared shitless as anyone else is, but... I loved you, Rachel. I still do. There, I said it. Even though it will be forever unrequited. Would have been even if you hadn't died that night. I'm still kicking myself for not being there. I was there for the book incident, where Claudia got conked in the head with the journal meant for automatic writing. That was the last we saw of our resident medium. Not that she was all that useful. I think she made up most of what she wrote, and I'm positive it was her moving the planchette on the spirit board. I was there when that particularly pissy poltergeist flipped the table that promptly ended our use of that, too although myself in spirit, watching from the van. I'll admit, I'm glad I wasn't there for the exorcism of that lady that ended up hospitalized for an apparent psychotic break, especially when I heard about the amount of excrement flung in her fury. I think Theo said she had to throw away her entire outfit from that day. The point is, with few exceptions, I've at least been on site making sure the cameras were oriented correctly, and keeping our chaotic little crew organized. But not that day. I've watched the video footage over and over again, and I just keep thinking how I would have done it differently. I catch myself backseat driving the events, screaming at the screen, at a past I can no longer affect. Person I am unable to save. I still can't believe they didn't notice. There were so many chances to catch it. The broken crucifix? The smear where the salt line had been crossed? How did three whole people, including you, miss that? You could see your breath. You had to know you were messing with something nasty. Didn't you? Shitty to be the last one to leave the building. But you always felt so responsible for everyone else. Well, how does it feel now, huh? To be dead that's not fair. That's not fair, I know. But you have to understand my frustration. Why didn't I go? Why couldn't it have been me? Well, now's my chance, huh? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't the least bit spooked by our locale. I shudder to think what crawls the holes here, and I'm not talking about spirits. Mice, roaches... Can't bedbugs endure a crazy period of dormancy before awaking to the scent of CO2 in the air? Hospital beds strewn in disarray was never a desirable aesthetic anyway, unless you're furnishing a haunted house like the ones you buy a ticket for on Halloween. Those things seem so quaint after what we've seen. When I think about the gigabytes of audio and video we've collected over the last few months alone... Although, we definitely discovered our share of fakes. (laughs) Remember that lady who swore her attic was haunted? I think she just legitimately wanted someone else to oust the raccoons nesting up there. I mean, she had to smell the urine, right? Although, I'd definitely be spooked too if I heard thumping and scratching at night. Not to mention the electrical problems. Speaking of, remember that family home where their TVs kept turning on and off and flipping channels on their own? and come to find out that they had roaches in their cable boxes? That may not have explained the switching on and off, but they had much more of an issue with living things than anything otherworldly. Makes me glad I manned the van on that one, too. Rachel? Oh, sorry. That's Jack on the radio. Nothing yet. And I'll add another famous last words to that off mic. Except, was that a door? An animal scurrying? There could be raccoons in here, I suppose. Or a colony of feral cats. (sighs) Who am I kidding? No cat would hang around this place. In fact, with their heightened sensitivity, again, something I would like to explore more fully in my thesis, I would imagine most animals would steer clear of a place like this. Even as a human, I can tell the energy here is... All wrong. Almost like it's electrically charged. Although there's nothing on the EMF reader yet. And... Colder. This is where the utility belt everyone laughed at comes in handy. Just call me Super Emily. Huh. Temps aren't reading particularly low, but... If I catch a low temp down a corridor, like that one, I'll just keep pointing the thermo that way while I... There it was again. I think it was a door. Oh, Rachel, are you messing with me? Where is it? Is it... Hmm. Temperature seems to be going back to normal this way. Maybe the dark is getting to me. I do wish we could turn on more than half-burnt-out emergency lights guess generators are simpler and cheaper than having full power returns to a derelict building. I have to ask, not that you'll answer or maybe even know, but why not just tear it down? Demolition more expensive than it's worth? I mean, this is a prime piece of real estate. Surely the university could parcel it off if they're not going to use it. It's almost a little... Okay, now I know I heard that. What is that? I'm heading down this hallway. Temperature or no temperature. It is possible it's just the building being old and in disrepair, but it's all the more likely something is. Stirring. And what that something is, I aim to find out and deal with as best we can. Yes. Apparently, even if it kills me. You know as well as I do to suppose the origin of all spirits is human is a faulty hypothesis. In fact, I'd wager that you were right. A good number of hauntings are the result of slips through the thin film between dimensions. Why some respond, or are repelled by, religious artifacts is itself a mystery, but I have a theory that the power behind those objects is human in origin. Or, rather that the belief in them is. It's just energy, right? And all energy goes somewhere. It transfers and comes back, kind of like the threefold law in Wiccan and Neo-Pagan practices, in which it seems all of us have dabbled, with more necessity recently. It stands to reason that while these beings can be harmful to us, items from our dimension are repellent to them. (laughs) One of these times famous last words really will be my last. But seriously, it has been documented, although maybe not in an academic setting, that purification rituals and blessings sometimes stir up the entities where they don't truly banish them. There has to be a difference, and thus a classification system to what these entities are and how best to deal with them. Of course, it's hard to contain something if you don't know precisely what it is to dispose of it when you can't be sure of its origin, or where you're sending it. And even then, we haven't exactly had massive success. It shouldn't surprise us that not every entity can be routed or confined to a glass bottle, no matter how specially anointed and corked the vessel may be. One would think that would act as more of a deterrent to investigating stranger, and more threatening, places like this one, than an incentive. And yet... Anyway, even now, I can't stop thinking about that abandoned mall we went to a while back. I'm positive it was a nexus of... something. It held the strangest sense of nostalgia, of possibility, and desolation. Like the ghosts haunting it weren't people who passed away but the residual energy of where their youth and excitement for their prom dress or the movie they were going to see went to die. You could just feel the enthusiasm of 90s consumerism slowly being swallowed by the eventual economic collapse that sniped the stores one by one until only the weirdest, most niche flashes in the pan remained. And then, finally washed away like sand castles in the tide of apathy and entropy. Like, I suppose, all things end up. I can certainly relate to that on a personal level. It's like that moment you realize those whose attention you held in your thrall are starting to tire of you. Your jokes aren't funny anymore. Your stories are too long. Everyone just seems to tolerate you. Well, the ones with nothing better to do than humor you. But you're still riding the high of feeling like you've found your people, have grown to enjoy your budding extroversion so much you can't hear them sidling away from you, only realizing your audience is dwindling when they're mostly gone. Was that a knock on the window? <sighs> I think Jack might be fucking with me. Although the irregular activity on the EMF suggests otherwise... Pretty sure it's spiked to five, although it's reading a solid two right now. The aluminum can rolling in the middle distance down the hallway from me might account for that. Sorry? Did you just say something? Oh, Jack again on the radio. Yeah, I know there's been a recent spike in activity, thank you very much. I know I heard a door that time, too. Are you moving things, Rachel? Rachel? Or is it... something else? Remember when I wouldn't so much as set foot out of the van? I'd be lying now if I said I didn't wish to go back there to my comfy office chair, basking in the green glow of night vision, listening to the beep-boop of sensors and the occasional crackle of you guys on the radio. And, you know, seeing the occasional apparition, or pieces of our equipment go flying... For some reason, they don't like to appear for that. Of course, now there's no more you guys. Even with everything that has happened, they underestimated how truly scary this would be. For me, besides the obvious, it was and remains all the unknown aspects of everything. No matter what science we apply, at the end of the day we may as well be throwing darts blindfolded. Some may hit, but inevitably some will miss. And we don't really know what we're dealing with. What veil we may be piercing. Just because we can perceive it. Just because we can test within certain parameters. We don't really know why the things happen or what's pulling the strings. When you put it like that, why would anybody place themselves at the mercy of beings they don't understand? But you did. We did. At the behest of our own hubris, and now, here we are. Here, deeper in the bowels of this derelict building. In the belly of the beast, if you will. With my breath heavy and fogging as I point the infrared thermometer impotently at whatever the hell is hissing in that corner. Oh, please be a raccoon, please be a raccoon, please be a... Oh, it's a possum... Get out of here! Thought you things were supposed to play dead! Go on, get out of here! Anyway, what was I saying? It's freezing in here. Or just a hair above, according to the temp readings. And with it being in the 60s, even on a chilly night right now, obviously that's not normal. Yes? Hello? The spirit box is going crazy. Rachel, is that you? Talk to me. Tell me where you are. Can I help you? What do you see? Sorry, what? Did you say it's crowded? Rachel? Fuck. Jack, can you help me set up some more sensors? (sighs) Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Activity is all over the place in here. Yes, definitely bring a spare crucy. Fill your pockets with salt while you're at it. We already know this thing is a doozy. Like a proper... Well, I never liked saying the D word out loud. And yeah, just like that. It's quiet again. I guess there's nothing much to do but settle in now. I sometimes wonder what it might have been like to investigate some of the most famous cases in history with the equipment we have today. Some we might still be able to, presuming we make it out of this and, well, past your loss. I'm sure we could still find strange activity at Borley Rectory or Skinwalker Ranch. Doesn't someone still live where the Black Monk of Pontefract took place? They made a whole movie based off the Enfield poltergeist and those two charlatans, the Warrens. Although, as I understand it, the focus of the poltergeist is so haunted by her experience, it's probably best not to approach her about it. The psychedelic nature of some of these phenomena is part of what drew me to pursue the study of it. Sometimes I just want someone to confirm we're having the same objective experience, for another to describe what I am seeing and... Lend it the kind of legitimacy the human brain doesn't always allow for. I mean, sure, mass hysteria and folie à deux are a thing, and people can somehow share the same delusions, but how? I'm equally interested in understanding how that works. As on some level, are you not passing the images telepathically? And even if there is some frame of reference to explain why you might experience similar visions. How could they be simultaneously so similar, even identical? For instance, once, while having a drink with a friend on her front porch, we both perceived small black figures moving from bush to bush down her street, like little gnome-shaped shadow people, complete with pointy hats. We were laughing and joking until the figures stopped at the house across the street from hers. They stood there, waiting as if they were watching us, although neither of us saw so much as a glimmer of their eyes in the dark. We promptly went inside and drew sun signs and anointing oil on every door and window to her house. I often wonder how something like the thin veil between realities might affect things thought to be hypnagogic, or otherwise not present where visual stimuli still occurs. We need to develop better tools, Maybe we could prove that, indeed, there is something there, whether others are able to perceive it or not. I admit this is not really my field, but we've had such success through spectroscopy alone. Although short of catching night terrors on camera, I'm not sure how that might be done. My night terrors have been the source of amusement and fear for many a sleepover companion based on that statement, you can infer not all of them are terrifying. Sure, there are the occasional pools of blackness hovering just above my bed, but there have been just as many Brian Froud fairies and once a lobster just hanging out by my feet, although I can't recall if its claws were banded shut or not. Maybe, if things had been different, I could have shown them to you maybe we could have used some of these instruments to measure their presence. Maybe I still could, if I make it out of here. But let's be honest, it would have made things weird between us. Or weirder. Especially since I know it never would have gone exactly where I wanted it to. Um, why are the lights flickering? Jack? (sighs) The radio is just static. It's a big jump on the EMF. I need to go back and check some of the other equipment. It sure would make me feel better if I knew you were here with me, Rachel. If you can give me a sign, any kind of sign, that would be great. Rachel? Please don't leave me alone with this thing in here. I'm pleading with you. Don't leave me alone. What was that? It was like the whole building just sighed. Jack? Jack? Radio is still static, but you'd think he would just call back if he heard me. Maybe he can't hear me. He's probably getting static on the radio as well, and... Did we remember to bring the other spirit box? This is stupid. At least one of us should stay in the van. At this point, I really do wish it had been me. Should I start heading back towards the entrance to find him? The temperature is staying cold even as I move away. Are you following me, Rachel? Are you leading the way? Or am I following the... You know, sometimes I don't want the answer to some questions. Sometimes I think I would have preferred never asking you. Part of me wishes you hadn't answered, then. (laughs) Maybe I should be a little shyer with what I say now. If anything we record here is significant, that is, significant to more than just me, well, I might find this a little embarrassing in peer review. (laughs) Then again, our little melodrama isn't even a side dish to evidence of ghosts. More like a garnish. I'm surprised, with the strides we've made, that the university has discouraged widespread publishing of our proven paranormal research. Of course, it is sensitive in nature, and I can imagine they'd want every duck in a row before introducing it under their banner. Because, of course, they would want to be associated. There are numerous monetary rewards still outstanding to anyone who can offer the kind of proof we've obtained. Jack? Are you okay? Can you hear me? What's that rustling? Jack? Come on, man, don't do this to me. It's not funny. I can hear the other spirit box. Guess I'll just follow the sound. Am I wrong to feel like these halls are growing longer? <laughs> Speaking of the psychedelic nature of hauntings, I think I'm experiencing some of that phenomena now. <sighs> I need to fight it. I can't let it take hold. I have to remain objective. I must see this through. Oh no. I, I, th- I think I'm seeing things. I know there wasn't a dead animal upon my coming through here before. I hate seeing animals hurt. Do you think it's projecting this image ahead of me to scare me more? Because I don't know how much more fear it could want from me. I'm already traipsing around an old hospital in near darkness with freezing temperatures, weird phenomena, and a non-working radio at night. Searching for the ghost of someone I loved to boot. It doesn't get much more emotionally heightened than... Oh shit. It's not an illusion. It's the little possum I shoot away earlier. And it's not playing Ted. Poor baby. Oh god. God, are those maggots? Where the fuck is that kersey? Fuck, this one's cracked. Where's the other? Where's the other? Oh, shit. I thought for sure I was done for. I'm just gonna set this one with you, little fella. Rest in peace. I've gotta find Jack. Hopefully he remembered the salt circle. Judging by the dueling radio static, he must be close. Jack! Jack! What happened to you? Jack! You're breathing, thank fuck. Jack? Jack, can you hear me? Is that one blink for yes? Jack! Shit! Well, you don't seem to be bleeding anywhere or anything. Do you have anything else on you? Here, I'm going to draw a circle around you keep this close. Don't suppose you'll have any trouble remaining still. If anything happens and you're able, you can close the circle with this. You got me? I'm going for help. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. It's no use, goddammit. The door won't budge. Windows are too small to break for access to the outside handle. What the fuck am I supposed to do? There's no cell signal in here, and even if there was, what would I tell them? Help, we're locked in the abandoned hospital on campus with a vengeful ghost? And if they turned up, we'd probably end up no better off than us. Okay. Okay, let's... Let's regroup. Here, we'll split the salt. I don't know if you're in shock or what, but you have a radio and a perfectly good crucifix. For now, anyway. I'm presuming the door situation is the same all around, so I have no choice but to try to stop this thing. Although that definitely wasn't part of my thesis, so I'd say we're winging it from here, but truth is, we were always winging it. (laughs) Alright, here goes everything. I never believed in angels, let alone the guardian variety, but even if you never cared too much about me... You cared about the project, and I just need you to see me through to getting out of this, Rachel. If I thought there was a god to ask, I might pray. But I'm counting on you, or what may remain of your residue on this planet, Rachel. I'm begging you. Please. What was that? Was that you? Are you giving me a sign? Whatever you are... Following you deeper than I was before seems ill-advised, to say the least. But I have no other real recourse. Secure the salt like this. Maybe in an emergency I can just... Kinda, sorta... Like that. Although that's a lot of salt. But in a pinch, that might have to work. Of course, spinning around with a demon in pursuit doesn't seem especially smart either, but eh, you do what you have to. No, 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 don't you flicker the lights now. That's not okay. That's just going to leave me paralyzed and shivering in the dark with nothing but the static of the radio, the spirit box, great. This will be entertaining for the archives. I don't know what's worse. The fact that I can't hear much over all the static or the idea that I might... Jeez. Or you could just bang on the wall. Great. Yeah, that works. (sighs) Pull yourself together, Emily. What you should really be doing is making sure your body cam is still on and recording. (sighs) Remember when we used to have head cams? Not as reliable when they're ripped off your head by a... Let's face it. We really don't know what any of this shit is, do we? What we've been playing with the last several months. It felt like a game, a lark, but now, now I just want to get out of here alive. Truth be told, and it may genuinely be my last, I didn't even get into this for the science. I did it out of curiosity and, well, need. I needed to know if ghosts as we understand them are real, and I guess they are to some extent. This need Well, that's private. Everyone has their own personal agenda, I presume. Nobody gets into this stuff necessarily to prove something. Not even you, I bet. Did you have ghosts, Rachel? You know, before you became one? Shit, it's darker down here than I anticipated. Time to turn on the headlamp, I suppose, and hope that it doesn't get ripped off my head. I'm just going to put a little line of salt at the top of these stairs, just in case. The light might be more of an announcement to my presence than of any real service to me, but... Who am I kidding? I have arrived. The thing here knows I'm here and that I'm searching for you. I'm only surprised it hasn't done more to mask your presence. Or perhaps it's... Imitating it? Just let me check to make sure my crucifix is in one piece and... Something just shuffled through my salt line. Is that... blood? I'm just gonna... Wait, I should probably wait to pirouette at the bottom, dumbass. Oh, duh. The smudge. Place a little salt line here. And here. And... Yeah, that's blood. Those are bloody footprints. I'm just going to... Yeah, this is making me dizzy, and it doesn't seem to be... They're just walking past me. Just a little more salt. At least along doorways, and... Good, crucifixes are still whole. For now, anyway. You know, maybe if I shut up for a minute, I'll actually hear it when one cracks. Boy, these halls are echoey. Like every little sound is coming from everywhere. Oh, shit. Is that a shadow? Are my eyes playing tricks on me? I swear, I saw it move. Oh god, what is that? Why is it wet? Oh no. Oh no, 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 it can't be. Did I ever tell you about the Column of Blood? Well, it's not really a Column of Blood starts out that way, but then the fluid billows into a shape. A shape of a woman. The same woman every time. And that woman is here now, with us. Maybe she's always been with us. Always with me. How's that for a hallucination? A night terror. Except it isn't. Never was. I don't suppose I needed our little project for proof of that. But I did suppose it had stopped following me. She. That she stopped following me. Miranda, what are you doing here? Why won't you go? No, you can stop pointing. It wasn't me. It was an accident. You fell. You fell. Oh. You want me to follow you now? Well, this is as ill-advised as anything, but... Whatever, (laughs) we've come this far. Perhaps you'll lead me to where all demons dwell, deep in the recesses of the place where maybe some not-so-dead cult lies summoning them. It's not so far-fetched. Why else would this place remain without care for keeping it unmolested? There must be some shady shenanigans afoot. No one said the partiers ever made it out once their beer cans were empty. You ever hear of the missing, missing? All the homeless unaccounted for, who then disappear a second time into the void of having no one in particular to look for them? Must be some thrill-seeking youth among them just clamoring to crack into a place like this. Until... Until... This is a weird door. It's so clean. It practically looks new. But why? It's unlocked. What is this? What is this room? It's unsettlingly tidy and white. Or it was until Miranda's bloody footprints marred it. Wait a minute. Rachel? Rachel! It's you! It's really you! What? Why can't I hear you? Is this glass? Are you stuck? Hang on, I'll... It's just... a. Is this just... A two-dimensional pane of glass? How are you... I-, I don't understand what I'm looking at. Who are all these people? How do I... Hmm. Let the record show. I found Rachel Matthews in the basement of the old, abandoned hospital on campus. She and several others appear to be contained in what I can only describe as... Seriously, what the fuck is this? Is it like... what's that stuff called? Like a kilner screen of sorts? It's about the right shade of blue. Except for instead of detecting auras, it... What? Traps the souls of people? Are they even alive? Knock once if you've been alive this whole time, Rachel, and just trapped by this thing. Is the demon even real? Is any of it? Am I just going mad? Rachel, was that two knocks? Do you mean no? You're all dead in there? Oh shit, it's freezing down here now. I hadn't even noticed the temperature until now. Where did Miranda go? No, no, no. Now I know that growling isn't an animal. By the powers of air, fire, water, and earth, I cast this circle of protection. Shit, I'm out of salt. (gasps) There goes one crucifix. Rachel! (sighs) Your hand is so warm. At least the glass is. If I break it, will it set you all free? others behind you don't seem too keen on that idea. I thought I was stuck. Something tells me I shouldn't touch that glass any more than I already have. (sighs) I don't know what's happening here or why. All I know is no good can come from this, and you would ultimately prefer to not be stuck in the glass. So... Shit. My last crucifix is cracked. I don't have much time. I don't know if this will even work, but this chair is about the only heavy thing in here. It's you, the demon, or Oblivion, as far as I can tell. Maybe they can take my footage and use it to further your research. I don't know, but whatever happens to me, Rachel, I love you, and I'm going to set you free. Ready? One, two, three... told you. I don't remember much after that. Just glass shattering and a lot of pain and screams that weren't mine alone. And then nothing. A wholly consuming blackness the breadth of which seemed immeasurable but simultaneously distant as a childhood memory and just as fleeting. I woke up in the hospital thankfully a different one. Three days later at least that's what I was told. I don't know that I'd know much difference. I'll admit I haven't paid the calendar much mind, even though I was eventually provided my laptop. I presume my phone broke or was somehow lost during my transfer here. The passage of days seems insignificant, not immaterial to the fact that all progress and deadlines mean nothing now. That's right. All that work, gone. At least, it is as far as I can tell, while the investigation into our misadventures is ongoing. Pretty sure, like the building, it's all been sealed up now. All records of our research, the associated footage, certainly that from the night in question. I've been locked out of the cloud where we submitted a lot of our material, too. My hard drive has been sanitized thesis is sunk i'm going to have to start all over and what's worse i can't shake the chill i know it sounds crazy but sometimes when i'm sitting here by myself i can see my breath fog here in a climate controlled building and sometimes things fall off the counters and out of the cabinets while no one is around occasionally i smell rotting meat as though someone stuck a dead animal under my bed. The strange thing is, no one mentions any of this. The displacement of objects, even though they seem to be put away by the time I wake up again. Maybe they don't consider it worth mentioning. Maybe it's PTSD. If I didn't think I was going crazy before, the fact that I'm talking to you is probably proof enough of that. And Jack, he didn't make guess he had a stroke or something. Perhaps, stranger still, is that I'm still in the hospital. It must be for psychiatric reasons that they're not filling me in on. I mean, sure, I'm still a little wobbly and I still have stitches and some wounds, but I could come get them out on a follow-up. Hell, I wouldn't even have to do that at the hospital. I could do that with my private doctor. I wonder what hospital I'm in. Is it strange they haven't told me? Or that I don't see any branding anywhere? I moved here for the graduate program. I've never been unfortunate enough to see the inside of any of the hospitals around here. Until now, of course. The longer I'm here, the more I wonder if I ever actually left the hospital. You know, the one where all this shit started. Although, there is some part of me yet mostly the one who went searching for the footage on the cloud in the first place, that wonders if that strangely tidy part of the hospital ever existed, or if I really saw any of what I saw. I don't want to go into too much detail. I'm sure part of the reason I'm still confined here is so that I can be surveilled. Perhaps the university wishes to know just how much I saw and remember. The biggest remaining question I have is if that is true, can they see you? Or do they just think I'm talking to myself? Perhaps the bigger question is, why all that wasn't cordoned off anyway? And why, oh why, did they trap you there? And biggest of all, why have you stayed? Are you a figment of my overactive imagination? A product of my PTSD? If only I had any of the equipment they've no doubt disposed of and disavowed any knowledge of by now. Maybe I could hear what you're saying. Determine why you've retained that strangely soothing shade of blue. What were they doing down there? Who were all those people? Are you real? Am I real? Where's Miranda? Is any of this even happening? Yet another part of me doesn't want to know. I just want to be released from this hospital. To withdraw from school and maybe take my bachelors to a nice, boring profession. Fuck academia. Do you hear that, people? I'll leave and never mention any of this again. I'll leave the state. The country if I have to. Just please. Please get me out of here. Where are you going? Rachel! No. No more needles. Get away from me! Please, not that stuff again! Not that stuff! It makes everything
1: blue. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again.
2: And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin. Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift-off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At US
0: Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join US Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov
3: careers. Thank you for listening to episode 1113. Today's author was Kelly Perkins with her story, Hint of Blue. Today's story was told by Jessica McAvoy. To find out more about today's author and storyteller, please visit thewickedlibrary.com and check out their bio pages. This has been Jessica McHugh. You can find me at McHughniverse.com. That's M-C-H-U-G-H-N-I-B-E-R-S-E You can also find me on various social media platforms under at the Jess McHugh. Give me a follow and get ready to see lots of cats, artwork, silly dances, and smiley pie inspirado. The producer for today's episode was Meg Williams. Our lead editor and executive producer is Scarlett R. Algey. Our resident composer and executive producer is Nico Vitesse of We Talk of Dreams. Artwork for today's episode was created by Jeanette Andromeda, our art director and executive producer. Our showrunner is Daniel Foytick. The Wicked Library is created by Ninth Story Studios, LLC. All rights reserved. Thanks for listening. Stay spooky.